Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today, we read Shadows of Self, chapters six and seven, wherein Wax and Wayne find a dead body, and then um, Wax has a little chat with uh, with God or Harmony or Sazed, whatever you want to refer to the dude. That's uh, that's who Wax talks to. So I'm Data, and with me is Jamie. It being Joe. And Dak. So hang on to something, everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. Does anyone really know the mind of the bat? Wherever you're going, whatever you do, a man in the dark keeping watch over you. So poison the ivy with your crocodile tears. We're climbing the vines to the heart of your fears. Can you tell me has something changed? Rewards are zero cause I ain't no hero Do you know it when you go strange? Is your taunting true? Am I as crazy as you? Check my head, I guess the joke's on me So yeah, Joe's back and uh, two more chapters What did you guys think? Uh, and also some broadsheets so You can throw that in there if you want What did you guys think of these chapters? Yeah, the broadsheets Alamanta Jack is now Gentleman Jack <laughs> right. Reading that right? Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> after reading his book uh, or his story, I just really don't rate him. And I was not keen to read on about Gentleman Jack. And the other bits, I didn't really pick up anything in there that I thought was particularly crucial, but kind of fun to get a bit of an insight into what's going on a bit more. The chapters uh, were really good. I thoroughly enjoyed the discussion between. Wax and the god formerly known as Sazed. Um, that was <laughs> that was that was a lot of fun, and I'm glad that it was like a it was a good conversation. It wasn't sort of you know cryptic bits here and there. Yeah, so actually getting a lot of information about was it Bleeder? Yeah, I, thought, I think that's right. Bleeder. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was pretty cool. And and Wax's revelation that oh it's hemallergy, isn't it? This is a spike. This is oh okay. Unfortunately, yes. I liked that we got to see Marisa use her flow bubble, which was pretty cool. Again, like that was that was actually really cool. And quickly, like I had completely forgotten about it because she's been so down on herself for so long. I had forgotten about her power, but that was that was very cool. And another little mystery in there is very much this this person is very much targeting Wax and Bloody Tan as a Kandra rather than a blood maker, which was pretty good. I was happy we were right about that one. And the yeah, finding the body, some good old fashioned crime scene detective stuff going on between Wax and Wayne. I just I really loved the sentence that, you know, the kitchen was just big enough for a body to lie down. And he knew that because <laughs> there was a body lying down. Yep. <laughs> I was like, oh that's that's brilliant. Yep. I was, as I was reading it, I was like, they're going to find a body, they're going to find a body, they're going to find a body. Oh, they did find a body. Really sad for Idashwi, I think is how we yeah, say it. I think it's um, right. Yeah, sad for her. I think she was finding herself and, you know, liking this new life and it's all been taken away. Pretty scary, the, the thing about removing one spike. They can still stay, like, mm. in their form, but they're a bit nuts. And I also never put together the bit about ruin could speak and preservation could listen, 
because I'm sure that Ruin had conversations with Vin. Yeah, but it was uh, it was conversations like where Vin says something out loud. Like he could hear you sit talk out loud. He couldn't hear what you were thinking in your mind, which she did figure uh, out. She, she tried thinking things at him and realized, oh, he can't read my mind. So, right. So preservation can hear your thoughts. Yeah. But ruin couldn't. But if you spoke to ruin and actually had a conversation with ruin, then you could speak. Okay. So I misinterpreted that a little bit in this one. Yeah. Good though. Lots of lots of little bits happening you know not not a huge amount of, of action or anything but i'm i'm enjoying seeing wax away and get into a bit more of the detective side of, like i know they did that in the, the first one but it was kind of a bigger thing at stake but now being part of the constabulary they really you know they can get into the crime scenes and and find all the little details and follow up their leads and stuff and that's really good i'm also really happy that uh wax and and marisai might actually have a chance of having a more positive relationship with each other mm. rather than, you know, oh, she just is in the way all the time and he's just putting me down all the time and that's a bit sad. So I'm I'm glad that hopefully this is an opportunity for them to patch some of that up. I like what you said about the, the detective work because one of the interesting things to me is that Wayne is actually helpful with the detective work part, which maybe you don't expect. You expect Wax to Very. know Very. Yeah. 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 So, you know, Wax will go and do it like the body and then – Wayne will go and figure out all the other stuff. Like when he was looking at all the the liquor in the cabinet, it was like, oh, she's found one she likes. <laughs> you know, that's it's a very cool way of of building a picture and putting all these small details together. Because I probably wouldn't have looked at that and gone, huh? Right. I'm I'm curious. You said you expected them to find a dead body. Did you expect it to be I Dashwood's body that they were going to find, or somebody else? Look, I honestly don't remember. I think I thought that it would be more of a mystery if it was her body, but I wasn't quite sure how that was going to pan out okay. that way. But it, I guess it makes sense that if, you know, a Kandra could be imitating her and that she's now dead or something, but her body was still there. So whether she – it's obviously not her running around. It's our, it's our other blonde friend um, by the sounds of it running around. Um, yeah, it doesn't sound like she – wanted to do anything bad she was just trying to live her life <laughs> mm. so yeah these two chapters were were good um i'm really enjoying the book so far i think maybe by virtue of the fact that they're shorter books they just seem a lot tighter the story clips along at a more frequent like uh like just a, a different kind of pace which has helped keeping me engaged for sure I really, uh, I'm really enjoying all the detective work stuff in it. I love, I love mysteries and books. So this is, uh, this is very interesting. The, the stuff with Marisai, I'm finding less interesting, but it looks like now Sace is kind of, uh, and I know it's all wrapped up in, in, in each, in each other, but Sace is going to kind of tie it together here, I guess, by telling him like, Hey, you should be including her. Uh, you know, she's there for a reason. I, I worked really hard on that to get her. To, to be there in that in that place for a reason so i'm uh i'm definitely looking forward to seeing the fruits of that the whole contra thing while while it was very cool a very cool moment to know that there are contra involved and that's kind of what's going on it also seemed very expositiony to have says be like hey hey you hey guy yeah you know me i'm your god hey by the way this is what's going on dude that that felt kind of weak story-wise to me to just have God drop in and be like, "Yo, uh, this is the dealio, and uh, I need you to I need you to fix it." 
So, uh, you know, this is what's happening. So that was a little strange. But, yeah, the scenes with Wayne um, doing detective work, uh, both of them go into her house finding the lady dead, finding out about hemolurgy, finding out that it's Spook that wrote the book, which, by the way, I don't understand how any person listening to this podcast could still defend Spook uh, <laughs> if he wrote a book about hemolurgy and left it for the masses to read. Like, h- how stupid can you be? Like, how utterly foolish can you get? His book about hemology, and wasn't he questioning, like, it's not that bad, right? Yeah, exactly. That's my point. I'm like, how could people people still still think he's cool or think he's interesting or think he's not a moron? Like, (laughs) I I don't understand. Why are you defending this man? He's clearly a fool. He's like, it's good now, right? Because Sayes is in control of it. Yeah, yeah, so. you know, shoving, shoving spikes through people with blood. That's 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 good now, right? <laughs> anyway, yeah, super obnoxious, obviously. But uh, yeah, I'm still very interested to see where this is going. I think we kind of we kind of had predicted at some hemology influence in the first book with them with them kind of uh, gathering up mist mistings. Uh, so yeah, it looks like this is the other side of the coin, right? They're getting somebody's stocking up ferrochemi powers. Of course, this time we know it's a chondra, which is which to me is kind of more interesting because you're talking about you're talking about a creature that can literally slip the powers on and off which is which is definitely different than than what we've seen but my question then is it's like if i take a if i take a ferrochemical spike out of my body because i'm a chondra does that slowly do they put it back in a bag of blood or does that slowly like did the power slowly sap out of it and then you gotta go Mm. get another body yeah um so that is something that is a little concerning but uh also just as a side note, which I know we're going to get there, but uh, the nickname for the Contra is really stupid. <laughs> what is it? Blood what? Bleeder. Bleeder? Ble- yeah, Bleeder. Yeah, that's a stupid name. Anyway, uh, that's 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 my two cents on the chapters this week. I like this this picture of like the conjurer just walk around like a, with a, a bag or like a gro- <laughs> or, or like a lunchbox yeah. or something just full of blood. Like they only took yeah. that back in there. Let's say it's a Ziploc. It's- no, 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 it's just t- just towing around. Uh, we call it an esky. I think you guys call it a cooler, like the thing you put all the beer cans uh, in. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. just want to keep that blood cool. That's a good point. Just, t- just towing I around mean, this thing full of ice cool? and bloody spikes. So that it doesn't, like, it dry. Congeal? Yeah, and congeal, exactly. I mean, I don't know if a conjurer's really worried about that. doesn't say that the blood has to be liquid. Uh, no, do you get, like, a big blood uh, block, then? Blood cake. Yeah. <laughs> blood sausage. Whatever. Yeah. That's a that's a good name for a band, Blood Cake. <laughs> we are Blood Cake. But uh, speaking of the Contra, I feel like Dak should be feeling very vindicated at this point with he's been pushing yes. the Contra bad guy angle so yeah. hard. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Good work. Good work, Dak. It only took Love God you. telling us exactly what was going on <laughs> for us to find out. <laughs> well, I yeah, I mean, you are 100 percent right. It's like just having God spell it all out. It's like, oh, yeah, that's kind of. Just a bit, uh, a bit, a, a little bit cheap, I guess. But yeah. on the flip side, it's like I really enjoy Sazed, and so having sure. him talk to us for for a bit more, I'm just like, I mean, yes, it's like it's it's a bit cheap, but it's also so fun. I don't really mind that much. So. Yeah, I mean, no one was more jazzed than me that Sazed was talking to us directly. But still, I was kind of like, oh, really? You're the exposition yeah. guy, Sazed? All right. <laughs> but you yeah, know, I I I enjoy these chapters. Um. I liked that Marisai had her own bit removed from 
wax and wane where she got to be a part of the action saving the saving the governor putting up her bubble and everything so that was pretty cool because i think this this whole book she's just been sort of annoying me a little bit but it was nice to um, get her moments like no no, you actually are a competent character just need to stop bitching about uh, waxing your internal monologue all the time as far as the cantor goes i when i was when they were describing i'm just like okay so like Kandra get heme allergic powers through spikes so the spikes just random sentience but then i was thinking back and going no no this this makes sense because back in the olden days they referred to their spikes as the blessings and they got and because oh, tensu mentions like oh with Orisu's blessing i can run super super fast i'm like oh so that was probably was just a steel runner spike looking back or or something like that so the, it was one of those things like when i first read it i've just gone this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then I kept thinking about it more and more. It's like, oh, wait, no, it actually totally does. It just was never explicitly pointed out in the original trilogy. So that works. Yeah, I like the idea of this Kandra bad guy. It, I mean, I've been pushing this for a while, but this hasn't really taken the the path that I expected, I guess, because I, I was so sure I'd just be like, oh, yeah, Mr. Suit and his army of Kandras. And it's like, oh, this could, this could still just be a rogue agent. I don't know. But the whole insanity... Like, you know, only having one spike and then ripping it out and dropping onto another one. Like, that's messed up. Uh, yeah. Fascinating, but messed up. And again, I was just like, oh, really? So if you have two spikes, you're susceptible to influence from the gods. But if you only got one, then you're not. That doesn't make much sense. And I thought, well, no. Ruin was able to take control of all the Inquisitors who had multiple spikes, but Vin had the earring and he wasn't. So again, I guess that sort of makes sense. I wish I knew like why two spikes is so much better than one, but uh, well, maybe that'll get explained later. I don't know. But yeah, on the whole, this was fun. I, I think my favorite part actually from a character level was that opening bit where Wax goes and finds Wayne and Wayne is just very morose about mm. the previous chapters. Like that was actually quite heartbreaking to see that. Like yeah. Wayne just asking Wax, it's like, why didn't you kill me? And I'm like, holy fuck, Wayne, are you okay, buddy? I would have killed you, buddy. It's okay. Yeah. So, but yes, okay. no, like, cool little cr- uh, crime story. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's some really great uh, character stuff there. Uh, to clarify some things from back in the original series, first about the one and two spikes, you're you're right on target because it we do we did find out in the original series that one was not enough because Vin had the one spike, right? We also found out in the original trilogy that two was enough because. The Chondra all pulled out their spikes specifically to stop Ruin from taking them over. And they only had two spikes. So we, we've Rush, known that for that long, at least. Russia yeah. couldn't have thrown them in the bones. Like, hey, if you only take out one, you'll still be you mostly, but he can't take you over. Yeah, right. I guess he didn't want Fucking him going around being insane, I guess. I mean, that's probably yeah, that's, the plan. That's probably not bad. Not I mean, great. Yeah. I mean, granted, but I just want to take another opportunity to go, Fucking Rashek. <laughs> But also important to establish is that a blessing, uh, according to Sazed slash God in the the epigraphs in the third book, a Chondra blessing consists of two spikes. So the two spikes together are the blessing, which means that if it, it is it, it was doing something kind of similar, the blessing of potency is what he had that let him like run fast and for a long time. It does seem like it's sort of similar, but it's definitely not exactly the same thing because – it's one spike getting the power versus the two spikes together, uh, which they need for a blessing. Also, and maybe this is less reliable than information directly from Sazed as God in the original trilogy, but we're in the in Well of Ascension. We are explicitly told by 
Tensun slash Orsor, who he's impersonating at the time, that you can't, that, that Conjura can't have allomantic powers. Like, th- there was no way to give it to them because, remember, at, as Vin is searching for who the traitor is, like, which one in the crew has been secretly replaced by a Conjura, she's testing their allomancy because that's the information she gets that there's no way that they could have allomantic powers. So, okay. Hmm. Count, count, count a point. Steel running is a ferrochemical power, not an alamantic true. one. Yeah, you're right. Mm. And also, like, again, that's ten soon relating what he's been told because fucking Rashek might not be giving him all the information. Absolutely. True, the, true, true words. So, yeah, just uh, you, you, again, you make excellent points. I just wanted to point out the, the established canon that we know of. Uh, and, yeah, and like I said, for all we know, he could have been lying about it because he was impersonating someone else at the time. So... Yeah, Who knows? that's true too. But yeah. Uh, well, and it seems like we're constantly finding out that, you know, people are like, oh no, this is the way it is. And then it's like, oh wait, no, that's not yeah. really the way People it is. never know it as well as they think they do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the whole thing of the first book. It's like, this is how Alamancy works. No. Eh, yes. Is it though? But. <laughs> uh, okay. I guess let's get into these things. So I, I want to start off by noting that. We got an email from somebody, one of uh, our, our regular Discord users and stuff, pointed out to me that uh, it's like in the last couple episodes, and this is before, there's two, the last two episodes we recorded haven't even been released yet, I don't think. But uh, so the last couple episodes for that, he's like, you're kind of reading, like just straight reading a lot to the point where it's like, you may be risking like audiobook territory here and like providing, uh, you, you could get yourself in trouble for uh, providing this for free. Uh, when you're basically like rereading so much of these. And I kind of, oh. as I was listening yeah. to the last two episodes that we recorded, I was like, he's right. I am reading a lot. Like, so I'm going to try to avoid uh, doing that quite as much. I think that the deal is with these books in particular, there's everything is so it's right there. It's they're short. So you, they get the point across real quick. So there's less to summarize. Like it would take me longer to summarize than to literally read the thing that I'm summarizing. So I think that's part of it. And also part of it is like all of Wayne's lines are like gold. Like, yeah, I, I feel like reading every single one of them because they're all hilarious. So I'm going to try to avoid that, uh, doing that quite as much in this one. But we'll see <laughs> if I can manage it. Oh, Wayne. Uh, so, yes, we get the first thing in the uh, the broadsheet is another Jack story. Although, as Jamie points out, it is Gentleman Jack. And I don't know. I think that the paper we're reading here may be a different paper than the one that we read in the last one. I don't recall for certain. And I actually, yeah. now that I've said that, I may go look to make sure that I'm not crazy. But so I think you mentioned it in the story. It's like you've been reading about me and blah. And now you've started reading me in the post or whatever this one's called. Like, I think he actually yeah. referred to them as different ones. So, yeah. And in that case, maybe maybe that's like the the paper selling their their bit is different from the other is like uh, that they advertise him slightly differently. I don't know. Of course, he's also like at a big party somewhere. So you, you watch like that. That'll that'll be book three. It's Wax and Wayne trying to solve like the the newspaper rivalry that grew deadly. <laughs> so yeah, the, orig- the the first book it was like the Ellendell Daily or something. It, it starts with the Ellendell. And in this one, it is um, the house register or something like that. I don't remember the exact name. It starts with the house. So, yeah. So Jack's at a party. He's trying to save the was it, the buttons from the Lord Mistborn's favorite smoking jacket or some shit. Like something's just ridiculously stupid. Yeah. Lost me at Lord Mistborn. <laughs> 
Oh, and just Jack is still just obnoxious. He's like my silver tongue and tin quick mind. It's very yeah. It's, it's, we got more of that Brannigan happening here. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, he is that Baby, funny. it'll blow your mind. Like mm. my quick witted mind and my sensual silver tongue. Yes. But yeah. Let's just. And my velour bedsheets. The real velour. <laughs> you know, Ch- Jack's doing Jack thing. I don't. I don't even really care. So we'll move back. But the, the second ad's my favorite one. All children love Sunni pups. Well, they just sound creepy. I think it's just a stuffed animal. But I like it's, the advertisement is you can move its legs. Yeah. Real fur. Well, I mean, yeah, it's like the level of technology. It makes sense. Like that. Oh, yeah, no, exactly. And have the, like the, you know, the, the Robo puppy. Robo puppy initiating 12 hour yipping session. Also, are they called Sunni pups because of Tensoon? So. Oh, my God. Yep. I 100% missed that. My first read, I thought it was just like, oh, Sunni Pups, it's just the name of some stuffed animal. Until people started pointing it out on like Reddit and other places. I'm like, holy shit, that is Tensoon. It's like a Tensoon yeah. stuffed animal. That's amazing. I want one now. It's pretty, it's pretty cute. <laughs> Everyone loves Sunni Pups. Special, special Maybe you'll get pup. a Sunni we'll bet- Pup. We'll betray in you the, to your uh... sister. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you'll get a Sunni Pup in the swag bags. Yeah, maybe so. I'd take it. Maybe. We get a story about flooding in other areas of the basin that are going to affect Ellendale, and we kind of see the ramifications of this in the Marisai section, where uh, prices are starting to go up on basic necessities. So that's well, nice. she mentioned. She mentions that when the governor's talking, is like, "You're not even talking about the boonies where it's flooding and people are dying. You're just like, oh, we'll save the city." So no, no, he 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 does mean he's like, "We're gonna we're gonna send." Oh, he didn't send, lead with it. That was the issue. Yeah, he didn't lead with it. She, he was like, we're going to send uh, help out to the... And she's like, no, they don't want to hear about help going to other places. They want you to fix this place. Viff Sparkle Tonic. I don't even... Okay, if you say so. And Pectin Aid, the basin's favorite snack. These ads are fun. The, the Sparkle Tonic uh, has, like, um, Dr. Fronk, and that just made me think Father of the Bride. Oh, it's been a Frank. very long time since I've seen that movie. Great movies. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I I feel like I remember as a kid liking the sequel actually more, but it's it's been since I was a kid that I've seen those movies. I hadn't actually seen them um, until only a couple of years ago because, uh, yeah, Jamie, Jamie loved them. So we sat down and watched them. I'm just like, I, like, I was I just made, like. <laughs> I made you watch I mean, them in preparation of our wedding. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I mean, I wasn't going to like, just throw that under the bus, but okay. The audio cut out for me. What are we talking about? Uh, Father of the Bride. Father of the Bride. Oh, yeah, those are great movies. Yeah, I mean, I too you enjoyed like, them, Dak. Oh no, like they 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 were they were really good movies, and I'm just like I didn't know how they were gonna go because I'm just like oh sometimes Steve Martin comedies they can be hit or miss, but these ones were actually lovely. Yeah. I liked them. The, me and my wife still say I want the chipper chicken. <laughs> uh, Jamie's like it's it's real lucky that you like those movies because I don't know how the wedding would have gone if you didn't. Just, yeah, uh, it's like uh you know it's kind of a this is kind of a deal breaker. Steve Martin is very uh, hit or miss for me. I agree. Have you guys watched Only Murders in the Building? Yes. Ah, I loved it. Did you love it? Thoroughly enjoyed it. it. Yeah, yeah, my wife and I watched it. We both liked it a lot. My issue is that, like, okay, I said Steve Martin is hit or miss for me. I almost never like Martin Short. I don't. uh, There's something about Martin Short that gets on my nerves, and I don't like him. And that's kind of the point of him in that show is that, he's kind of supposed to get on your nerves and be like this weird, selfish, annoying guy. That's, but not like a bad guy. Yeah. You said, yeah, he definitely is not the best. <laughs> and so I, 
I still don't love him in the show, but his character works and fills that role really well. And and then Steve Martin and uh, what's her name? Uh, um, Selena Gomez. Yeah. Yes. They do. They both do a really good job. And so I liked I liked the show and I like the way they played the mystery. I thought that was really good. I like the concept of the show. I, I was a fan of it. I'm keen for season two. I'm really curious for season two. Yeah. Because they're going to have to pull out something pretty special. Yeah. Well, and it's like you, you can't do the same exact thing again. Um, no. Yeah, I, I feel like it's going to be a stretch like story wise to justify. But I guess we'll see. We'll see. You start a podcast called Only Murders in the Building. You only cover murders in the building you're in. Hopefully, there's not too many uh, seasons of that. You would you would really hope, but you'd really be looking to move most, out of the building, yeah, wouldn't you? Right? By that point, it's <laughs> like that that um, British crime series Midsummer Murders, and it's like there were they were like I don't know dozens of seasons of that. I'm just like, how is there anyone left in Britain? You've murdered them all. <laughs> that's it. That's funny. Yeah, we watched the first episode of that, and it was pretty disturbing because it was like an incest thing, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not watching Whoa. any more of this." Okay. Which was that Midsummer? Yeah, yeah. My my dad loved that show. Like, I watched a few episodes. I was like, "Oh, this is really cool." Um, I just remember there was one that had a very young Orlando Bloom, like pre Pirates, pre Lord of the Rings, when he was just oh. kind of an annoying, an annoying shit. Oh. And he was the he was the initial murderer of the of the episode. He got stabbed with a pitchfork. Huh. <laughs> Now I just want to see that. I just want to see Orlando mm. Bloom get killed by a pitchfork. That's been kind of fasc- fascinated. Uh, okay, sorry. Yeah. Back to the to, into the actual chapters, which we haven't even started yet on our tangent. <laughs> and we are like today. an hour into our record. Yeah, yeah. Oh Jesus. Well, you know. Anyway, so give the people what they want. Wax Wax is fl- flying through Ellendale, thinking about all his responsibility for thousands of people who work under his house and how he has to represent them and such. And we get more specifics about how the politics works, which we've kind of been a little bit unclear on. Like we knew that there was like a bicameral Senate, basically that you had the, the representatives from the professions, you have the, the representatives from the noble houses. And now we find out that they elect a governor and the governor is like the leader, I guess. So that's interesting. I mean, I wonder how that works. If that's just Ellendale, is there like another government for the whole basin or does each city just do their own thing? Well, he's well. He's talking about sending relief to the the oh, you're, That's right. Yeah. So presumably he has um, authority over them as well, uh, and well, then anything outside the base, and not just like he's just like I don't give a shit. I mean, not necessarily. I mean, a country can send relief to another country. You don't have authority over them if you're just. You, but you can send them money and stuff to help out. I, I yeah. guess. Anyway, we don't get any more information on that. So who knows? Hopefully later we'll learn. If the politics of Ellendale is really an important um, topic for you. Uh, I like that the Church of the Survivor has a big glass dome on top so that they can see the mists, but they don't have to be in the mists. <laughs> Survivorism's come a long way. <laughs> I wonder, do, do we know if Marisai, like, Steris is a survivorist. We know that. Do we know if Mar- that's Marisai's church also? I don't know if it's come up. Hmm. Yeah, I don't I just, know that it is either. I wonder what, like, what, what does Marisai do if Wax mentions to her? It's like, oh, yeah, like, uh, Harmony says that he's got a, you know, he's he's got a whole plan for you, and uh, you're, you're doing his work or whatever. Like, how do you react to that if if that is your god, but also if that's not your god? Yeah. Like, both of these are uncomfortable situations to be in. Yeah, I feel like for her, she strikes me as one of those people that's, like, open to the possibility that all of the religions are true, which technically pieces of all of the religions are true. So, you know, it's one of those things. 
We get some constables dealing with some picketers who have gotten a little bit violent and uh, will access to save them. And like one of the women's like, they call him Don Shot. Like, oh man, thanks, Don Shot. That's a great that name. Yeah, it, it, as far as nicknames go, uh, cool, rough nicknames. That's not a bad one. I think Miles 100 Lives is still cooler, but you can't get that name unless, you know, you can survive being shot in the face or whatever. So. Just imagining like Wayne is just complaining because his nickname is Hat Boy or something. <laughs> I think it's this book oh, over no. here. His nickname, The Adventures of Dawn Shot and Hat Boy. <laughs> I- I'd watch it. <laughs> and Wax is thinking about like the guy. So there's strikes going on in town. Like the workers are upset. And he's like, they have a de- an actual grievance. Like I found some of those same problems in the factories that I own. The few factories that I own. And, you know, I had to fire some overseers, had to hire more people for shorter shifts. But that means you got to pay them more so they can survive. And there's there's no there's no easy answers to this, basically. But people people are upset. They're not going to stand for it much longer, maybe. And then he finds Wayne hanging out, feet in the water. And he's it's just so he's like, you know, Wax asks if it went poorly. And he's like, same as always. It's strange. Most days I don't mind being me. Today I do. It's just it's just a carryover from how very sad that last section was with him. Yeah, it's like it's a, it's a Wayne bit. You expect Wayne bits to be funny and weird, and it's just like just sad. Not that it doesn't get funny and weird while still being sad. Um, <laughs> granted, but yeah, because there's enough of a variance, I guess. So he asked him back when you and John, John Deadfinger, uh, first found me. Do you ever wonder if you should have just shot me? So they found him when he was 16. So I guess we we must not have known or he must not have known Wax that long when we saw them in the prologue because he was still 16 at that mm. point. Yeah, which makes sense because he keeps calling him kid, not even Wayne. Mm-hmm. And I like Wayne was so upset by like accidentally killing this guy. He threw his guns and ammunitions down a well and went under a house with his hands over his ears, like crying that he could still hear the shots. It's just, and Wayne's just like, so many of the boys that we run across, like any of them could be like me, but they don't get a second chance. How come I did? And Wax is just like, look, if I found any of them unarmed and hiding and perfectly willing to be brought in, then I wouldn't have shot them either. But that's not how we find them. We find them with guns in their hands trying to kill people. So if I'd found you like that, I would have shot you too. And Wayne's like, really? It's like, of course, I'd have shot you right in the head, Wayne. You're a good friend. Thanks, Wax. <laughs> You didn't promise to kill me. You promised to have killed me. That there be the present perfect tense. <laughs> for, for the guy who supposedly only knew four letters, um, he's got an interesting yeah. grasp of the English language. He's going to shoot someone later. The, oh, no, he doesn't shoot. He's going to hit someone with a stick later in the book. and just go, wrong conjunctives, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and Wax points it out. It's like your, your grasp of the language is startling considering what you do to it and he's like ain't nobody knows the cow better than the butcher which yeah i guess <laughs> that's Maybe. that's a fair point like a hard point to argue with yeah <laughs> i like he asked if wayne knows i dash we and he's like no nope, i haven't met her they keep kicking me out of the village when i visit and wax is thinking it's like as far as i know that's not true wayne occasionally like puts on some terrace robes fakes the accent and sneaks in to live among them for a few days before he gets in trouble for saying something crude to one of the young women and gets thrown out no, he doesn't get thrown out. Oh, he, he doesn't get thrown out. Yeah, he just leaves. He, he wanders. He gets bored and wanders <laughs> out. Yeah. yeah, he gets bored. And then we got Marisai, and here's where she's like, somebody's like, five notes for one basket of apples. That's robbery. 
And Marisa's like, yeah, that that's a little I feel uh, ya. <laughs> like Marisa's just like that that does seem a little high, don't you think? To the person selling the apples, and they're like, I'm not doing anything wrong. Like, no, you're allowed to charge whatever you want, but I'm just saying, what do you know that nobody else does? And the person's like, the grain shipments from out east, they're not coming. Floods destroyed them all. Do you know how much food this city eats? We're one shipment away from starvation. Which is weird to me, considering, A, how fertile we're constantly being told the entire basin is. And, B, like, we find out in the last book, or maybe it was early in this book, it's like, you're not even allowed to have, like, decorative trees that don't grow fruit that can be eaten. That was one of the rules set down by the Lord mm-hmm. Mistborn or whatever. So how is there not enough food? It's weird. And she thinks that, you know, there there's storages that can be let out. There's there's a, a, a cheese reserve or whatever the joke was that's been going around about the U.S. has a strategic cheese reserve. Uh, <laughs> what? Oh, you haven't seen that? I, maybe it's just I'm on Reddit. Too. But, yeah, they're always, uh, they're, they're, there were jokes going around about the, the strategic cheese reserve that can be released. Oh, dear God. Sure. But she's like... This person's not totally right, but they're also not totally wrong. And then we get to the square where the speech is going to take place, and it's real full of people. And she, while the rest of the the people from her precinct are going to help with crowd control, she's like, General Aradel, Constable General Aradel, wants me to bring a report on the speech. Is there a spot that I could watch from? And the guy's like, no. Every, Every niece and nanny of the house lord has demanded a spot. And then uh, she's like, okay, I'll, I'll try to find a place in the crowd. And it's like, wait a second, don't I know? Yeah, you're that bastard. Right, right. Yeah, think it through, guys. It might be, you know, it might be a fact that she was born out of wedlock, but has some tact. That is <laughs> right? horrific. Can nah. you imagine being spoken to like that? Ugh. Oh, yeah, you're that bastard. I remember you. <laughs> you look all right. And. She's, she she thinks that this is one of those old guy old nobleman officers who they they think they can just say whatever. It's just like old people. You're like, yeah, old people just say whatever ridiculous shit comes into their head and don't realize how ridiculous they're being. But um, there's also an issue because uh, her nature, quote unquote, was used to be kind of a secret. And now everyone just kind of knows. And she's like, maybe her mom did have uh, some justification behind those angry letters that she was sending. And so, but it gets her a spot to listen from. So, I, you know, I guess take the wins. This guy, he mentions Constable Wells. Is that another Brandon's buddy cameo? Oh, I don't know. Because I think he that. mentioned, like, Wallen or Wellen or whatever his name was from the original trilogy was named after that guy. Oh, yeah, you might be right. That might be exactly what it is. Um, let's see. So Wells is a constable in the Ellendale Constabulary. Maybe a cameo by his friend Dan, Dan Wells, similar to Wellen. So I guess it hasn't been established for sure that it is. I'm just going to assume that it is. Yeah, just just make the assumption. It's fine. Everything's a cameo. Like, if, when you're a writer and you write so much stuff, you got to come up with names somehow. I mean, I don't have a problem with, like, throwing in, like, people based off the ones you know and even named after them in some way. That's fine. But it just seemed like there was, like, in these books, there have been so many. And <laughs> one of them was a fairly major side yeah. character who had a stipulation that he'd get a girlfriend at the end and that was granted and i'm just like are you just letting these people dictate your writing <laughs> true well and it, it also you know you maybe that's true in a lot of other books too but you don't get the annotations from that like like i was reading to you from this one so you just never know it yeah okay that's a fair point 
but I don't think there are any annotations for this one. So, um, because he stopped doing them, didn't he? Yeah, at some point, although he kind of during the release of the last uh, Stormlight book, he kind of went back and he was doing a weekly post on Reddit with like because before the book came out, they were releasing like a chapter a week up to the first like the first part of the book. So like a bunch of chapters and every week he'd do a, a Reddit post to advertise that and give like annotations uh, on the chapter. So I, I feel like it's a, one of those things where he's like, I stopped doing that because I didn't have the time, but I kind of want to do it low key, <laughs> find an excuse. And like, even after uh, like at the end of their conversation, he's still so condescending. He's like, there's a space with the reporters, little harms. Go, go, go on. Tell your dad. I said, hi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like how, he likes her dad and it's like, yeah, you're that bastard. Well, tell your dad I said hi. He likes her dad because he's bad at cards, but never lost so much that it made him feel bad. When... <laughs> it's just a very specific reason. And I, I feel like I'd like that guy, too, to be fair. And we cut back to Wax, who sees Bloody Tan again in a crowd and once again does not find him when he stops. And he doesn't want to tell Wayne because... You don't want to tell anyone that you're seeing you're hallucinating the face of a dead guy in every crowd at this point. That usually doesn't bode well. And Wayne's like, oh, I get it. You're contemplating your impending marriage to Steris. That's why you look so upset. And Wax's like, look, please, I wish you'd leave Steris alone. She's not as bad as as you make it out to be. And that's the same thing you said about that horse. Remember the one that only bit me? <laughs> Roseweather had good taste. But uh, so... Wayne has managed with his people's skills to uh, figure out where the where the steel runner lives, where she works. No one there has seen her in a week, though. So there, there's your first hint that maybe there's a dead body somewhere, right? Yeah, that or like, she's off, you know, living a life of crime. Yeah, either way. <laughs> and he traded at the jewelry store where she works for a pure gold pocket watch with opaline workings on the face. <laughs> the next sentence is they took the watch back <laughs> yeah he wayne figured it had been for trade since it had been sitting on the counter in nothing but a little glass box <sighs> oh boy <laughs> like did the box have a top did he smash it to get it right or like lift it i i imagine it's one of those that you like lift it off and it's like got no bottom but i don't who knows <laughs> he like picked the lock and opened the case and put it out <laughs> i assumed it was for trade I like how they just have to go back to the jewelry yep. store. It's like, oh. Also, like, I wanted to see that scene. Like, what do they say to the jeweler? <laughs> and they're like, here, this is yours. Wait, what? Yeah, um, my partner here's stupid. And he thought <laughs> he could trade there. for that. And they talk about the fancy neighborhood, and we find out that they got a big reward from the Vanisher's case. Like, a percentage of the recovered aluminum. Which, so it's like, Wayne, you're basically rich. You You know this, right? And it says that he hasn't touched his, which you think at the very least he would be sending some to that family, right? I don't know. I mean, that's probably what he's doing with it. Mm. <laughs> I love that when they find her door, they, they look at it and it's like, nice door, good wood. He kicked it open. <laughs> Wayne has an appreciation for these things. And then I agree with Jamie. One of the best lines where it's like, it was just large enough for a person to lie down in this kitchen. He knew that because of the bloody corpse stretched on the floor. <clears throat> so good. Looks like we're going to need a new prime suspect, Wax. This one downright refuses to not be dead already. Yep. Well, if you try convincing her otherwise, Wayne. 
it, it feels so much like one of those procedural shows, but like the funny ones, like like Psych or something, where they walk in and find a dead body and there's some hilarious joke about it because of, uh, oh, well, this messes up our whole plan. What was, the, what was the one where like he puts on the sunglasses and you just hear that, yeah, on the soundtrack? I have no idea. It was like a CSI or something. I never watched I CSI, so you no, might not have been CSI. There was, I don't know, some 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 crime sh- some crime show was like they get to the case and he makes a bad pun, puts on his sunglasses as he does it, and the soundtrack just kicks in loud and obnoxiously. <laughs> let's see, let's see, crime show sunglasses pun, puts on sunglasses, yeah. Okay, here we go. I found it. Look 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 at my Google ability. Let's see, <laughs> CSI, yeah. No, oh, what's CSI? Okay, I don't watch that. It's not from the memes. Uh, actually, looks like it's CSI Miami specifically. Not, no, hold on, there's a clip. I gotta watch it. <laughs> oh, yep. Okay, I get the meme now. All right. <laughs> another job well meme done. Meme understood. Yeah, another job accomplished. I'm Captain America. I'm like, I get that reference. <laughs> so we're back to Marisai, who cannot actually see the governor, but can see the audience and can hear the governor. So she's. Their reaction to the speech is like most of the reason she's here anyway. So, and she notices this person and is like, wait, I know this person from somewhere. What I get from it is that this person seems to have set up some sort of like loudspeaker system because when the governor starts talking, she's like, wow, I can actually hear him. How weird. Sophie Tarsal. Supposedly, uh, the, her father was a great inventor, but nobody had ever heard of him. I, I was like looking at this. I've just gone, shit, is that, is that the Kandra? Is that the, mm. is that the killer? Could be, depending on what the killer's actually after. The governor starts giving his speech and immediately goes to talk about how his brother's not really a criminal and the papers are outrageous. And she's just like, nobody's here for that, dude. Like, talk about the real problems. That's why all these people are here. They don't give a shit about your brother. Like, I understand why you want to, like, you know, make it sound like your brother's not super corrupt, like, for your personal... Uh, power, but that's not going to help anybody. Address it last or release a statement. Yeah. My brother, kind of a dick. We all knew that. <laughs> Criminal? Nah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his, his, he was super arrogant. He wasn't great. He was kind of paunchy. He was pale. <laughs> he had dark circles <laughs> under his eyes. He smoked a lot. He drank quite a bit. Uh, you know, he uh, he slapped women on the ass. You know, he just uh, but but he but a criminal? No, <laughs> <laughs> not my brother. And he talks about sending relief for the flooding. Your friends and relatives shall be succored in the face of this disaster. And she's like, no, they don't want to hear about aid going outside the city. Not while things are getting worse and worse here. And uh, she's trying to get a better look. And every time she moves, this guardsman like shuffles in front of her, and she's very annoyed. And that's why she notices when he pulls out a revolver and points it at the governor, which I like. That's a very dramatic point to cut off at. I mean, how could you not, really? Yeah. Also, that's a hell of a shot to try and make with a revolver. Right? Unless he's like a... I thought he was pretty close, though. Isn't he on the... She, yeah, he's at the front of the bleachers, I think, where she's standing, is the impression that I'm getting. But I could be wrong. Let me go back and look. Mm. But she's quite close. Isn't, aren't they sort of tucked around? Because they're I'm obscured, not... but they're close enough to hear yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure that we actually find out exactly how close she is. Uh, well, it says that she's surprised by how his voice echoed across the square loud and clear. Something to do with those devices. So that makes it sound like maybe he's, he's they're not she's not close to him, but maybe mm-hmm. it's just that 
she can hear as it's echoing out among the other people that are also that are not close and she is i don't know maybe it's it's unclear cut back to wax and wayne in the dead lady's house or apartment and uh while wax examines the dead body which wayne is not interested in wayne is uh checking her room and finds a cabinet under the wash basin in the bathroom full of lots of alcohol each with just a little bit gone, except for one empty one, which is the port. Ugh. So he, ta- he takes the whiskey and is like, yeah, too much bite and too warm. So just because I'm an alcohol novice, Dak, what is port? Well, it's like a like some sort of fortified wine or something, I think. It's I don't know. Like a dessert wine. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it is a wine. Fortified. I know that much. Well, I hate I, wine, so I need to hear red. I don't need to know. Yeah, a Portuguese fortified wine, typically sweet red wine. It's often served with dessert. Back wow. back in our younger days, when we were all like eighteen or nineteen, and we would just you know go around to each other's houses and um, with with beer and just hang out for the night. There was one guy in our group who uh, shunned beer and always rocked up with a bottle of port. <laughs> Not surprisingly, he was always the first one to pass out. Well, yeah, yeah. I buy that. it's a lot stronger. Port being richer, sweeter, heavier, and higher in alcohol than unfortified wines, usually about 19 to 20% alcohol. This has been your alcohol moment (laughs) on the Sandra Lynch podcast. I'm also an alcohol novice, so, you know, I just, I got to read. I mean, I drink from time to time, but, you know, if I'm going to drink, I usually don't drink wine. I like cocktails. I like a nice hard seltzer. I think I've done a recipe that needed port before. Like, I bought a bottle once for that purpose, but... Sure. Yeah, beer and whiskey, they're my vices. You, you found alcohol, I see. How uncharacteristic, Wax says. <laughs> and then he says, this murder's troubling, Wayne. And she's like, I'm sure she felt so, too. Yep. And Wax is like, there's so many questions here. Like, why Why did she leave? Why is she living here? It doesn't feel very terrorist. And Wayne's like, oh, I can tell you. So, and Wax is like, oh, yeah, really? But Wayne has drawn some very impressive conclusions from just looking around this lady's house, looking at her clothes, looking at her bathroom. And so he paints this picture of this woman, you know, kind of, I guess, middle aged, old enough to have missed the chance to be wild youth and starting to wish you'd done something more daring. So she has a bit of an adventure side. She decides to leave the village, but starts out very conservative, gets a nice job, pays extra money for the nice apartment in the nice part of town. I like Wayne's like, the village is so dull that even Steris would hate it. So obviously you got to leave. So she starts drinking with some people from work and kind of decides she likes it. So buys a bunch of stuff to find out what she likes. I mean, that's it's funny because as someone who doesn't drink, if I ever decided, like, I want to find out what I like, that's basically what I'd have to do is, I mean, I've tried lots of stuff over the years. I don't remember most of it. So I have to be like, OK, I guess I'm going to go out, go out and buy like a little bit of everything and test out to see if I can find <laughs> one that I like. Cause how else are you going to go? Everyone's got That's a recommendation. A uh, but yeah, I've, I've always, any, anytime I've, I've gone out with people that I don't know that well or gone someplace new, somebody's always like, I'm like, no, I don't really like alcohol. I don't like the taste. And they're like, Oh, well you'll like this. The thing that I like, obviously you'll like, and I'm always like, okay, I'll try it because why not? Mm. But people are always certain that they have, they, they have the, the secret. Yeah. Well, you know, people are full of shit. <laughs> so i'm just saying you can't depend on recommendations because everyone's got one in there uh, yeah everybody thinks their shit's the best yeah it's like yo man maybe my shit's the best but it's not i don't have any illusions 
And then I'm kind of shocked because Wax is like, uh, I think you need to read this, Wayne. And he gives him the book. What is this? The book that death gave me, which, once again, very dramatic moment. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of dramatic statements here. It's like, hey, uh, you want to cool it out, man? Can you just tell me the book that Marisai gave you? Because, uh, I mean, I know <laughs> she gave it to you, so don't be a dick. Marisai uses her power. She's like, hey, I wasn't caught without metal this time. And, Yay, Marisai. Right. Aside from keeping this guy busy long enough that, you know, other people could try to catch him and the governor won't get shot, the bullet or the, the bubble deflects the bullet. So, hey, yay. Right. And she lunges at him. Not it's not enough to topple him over. So she's like laying there half on the steps, holding on to him, feeling stupid because she jumped him and he didn't fall over. Like, oh, this didn't work. But no then somebody else tackles him. So it's OK. And Wayne's like, oh, so with this hemallergy, you can make someone metalborn. All right. The book describes the process as tearing off a chunk of someone's soul and then using the spike to attach it to your own soul. Which, that, is, that, is a, that is a phrase that Spook wrote and then said, you know what? This power should be used. <laughs> yep. Dickhead. I've always imagined it, I guess, like stapling. You're stapling a piece of someone's soul to your own because it's using a metal spike. But Yeah. Kinda, yeah. And Wax is thinking, like, Iron Eyes knew that something like this was coming, and why else give me the book, which had been written by the Lord Mistborn long ago to leave some record of this art. Of course it was. <laughs> okay, but let's be fair, because obviously I, I don't necessarily agree with him that we need to keep this knowledge because maybe it can be good now. But in my opinion, it's useful to have the ability for someone to know this if only because if someone like a Chandra who was alive then uses this and nobody else in the world knows what it is then there's no way for you to understand enough to try to stop it mm. like, I, I grant true. but I, I, I still think it like, I understand where you're coming from I think maybe, like, maybe they assume the Chandra were all gone like as we did but yeah. I still I, I still feel like, yeah, writing in reverence of this crop, standard painstaking detail, leaving a little how-to manual for it is not a good idea. Mm. <laughs> well, Maybe you could describe it as like some sort of lost art involving this. And so people are aware of it, but then you're also not giving them the tools to replicate it. It's like, I'm oh, sorry, like if, if it's an art that requires killing someone in order to use, which it is, let's not beat around the bush. Yep. Like then it's sorry. It's not. It's not that's not worth it. it. My own argument also sort of falls apart when you consider that if something like that were to happen, then apparently it's possible to just have a chat with God. and He can tell you the information you need to know. So you don't ever have to worry about the knowledge being lost in that sense unless somebody kills God again. Yeah. Well, like even the earrings that used to speak to God are from the same process. It's true. So it's like, oh, oh great. OK, so what? Uh, the faces of mortals are God's agents. So they just going around spiking people to make these earrings. Hmm. Fair question. It doesn't seem like the kind of thing says would approve of, but who knows? Yeah. Uh, but it, he, it brings up an interesting point. The wax is like, so yeah, our killer, it, it looks like they stole E dash. ferrochemical talent. This means that they could be walking around with any number or combination of allomantic and ferrochemical abilities, even all of them. So that makes for a terrifying possibility. Fortunately, they can only use one at a time. Otherwise, Sazed can get in their head. Mm-hmm. What did you find in the stiff's pockets? You didn't rifle through the pockets? Wax, well, you're a terrible grave robber. 
that didn't roll for investigation yet. Give me a chance, man. <laughs> <laughs> and Wax is thinking, like, we're out of our depth. Like, this is the realm of Harmony and Iron Eyes and the Lord Mistborn. This is not our our deal. And uh, Wayne finds a piece of pocket in her skirt. A piece of pocket. A piece of paper in her skirt pocket. I can talk. Addressed yes, to Wax. Yes, there's a pocket in the skirt. Yeah. Scrawled across the paper, a familiar sentence, the words Bloody Tan had said right before jerking Lessie to the path of the bullet, someone else moves us, lawman. That's not horrifying or anything. And so this makes Wax feel justified in telling Wayne about having seen Tan around. And Wayne's like, that guy's dead. You shot him in the head. Deader than a stuffed lion in a hunting lodge. It can't be that guy. If you put together now all the stuff we know about Bloody Tan and... Probably should go back and read the prologue again from that book. But yeah, was Bloody Tan actually still human at that point, or mm. was he a Kandra at that point? Like there was a whole bunch of stuff going on with some weird bodies. That's true. That you know, ugh. and also like Wax surely wouldn't have spoken about what was said after unless he's gone. Bloody Tan was the only other person down there. We think. Because I don't think memories are passed on, are they? <laughs> no, not as far as no. we can tell. Jamie's got a good point. Who knows? Uh, there's there's some weird shit going on that day for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, yep. <laughs> and apparently th- they were there long enough after Wax shot this guy that Wayne can confirm. It's like, no, no, he was dead. And after you're dead, you can't heal. So we talked about that. Like, I think it was Jamie who was like, I doubt that they just like walked away and left him immediately, <laughs> left the body there. And so it could have healed while no one was looking. Apparently they didn't. So I like I like just the uh, the passing note. Wayne shut the door and tossed his coat in hitting the butler in the face with it. He really just doesn't like butlers. And the butler just takes the coat, folds it up. New equipment has arrived from you from Miss Renette. You, you assume this happens to him all the time. Yeah, right. Wayne says, oh, what did she leave for me? And he goes, she said I was to slap you. (laughs) And then in the next paragraph, Wayne is trying to get uh, the butler to slap him across the rear. (laughs) The butler's just like, I'm not paid enough for this. No, nope. And Lady Harms is waiting in the sitting room. So, yeah, Steris is here. Uh, he has he tells the butler to send a note to his grandmother informing her uh, they found this woman, but she's sadly dead. And Steris says, um, wonders if uh, they're going to the ball. Lady Zobel's party tonight. Our invitation has gone missing. I suspect Wayne is to blame, but it doesn't matter. They're not going to turn away the great lord of a, or the lord of a great house, rather. And he's like, I don't think I have time to go to a party. And she's like, well, the governor is attending. You could speak with him personally about his brother. And uh, she says there's some talk about the governor not attending, but considering what happened today, uh, I don't think that he's going to want to appear to be hiding in these parlous times. Wait, what happened today? An assassination attempt on the governor. You don't know? By all reports, the man's aim was terrible. He didn't come close to hitting his victim, which we know, hey, is because Marisai stepped in. And then Wayne comes in with the paper like, hey, look, bold attack on the governor in broad daylight. And Wax is like, "I'll, I'll try to get to the party, okay? If not, feel free to go without me. And she's like, oh, I'm supposed to take the butler? If you like. Be careful around about that, Steris, Wayne says. Wax's butlers have a tendency to explode. I mean, one time. Come on. As far as we know, I, mean, I guess maybe one could have exploded in the year. <laughs> just hanging around, weighing too much, he blew himself up. 
That guy, yeah, right? that guy tells me to slap his ass one more time. <laughs> oh man, I, that was my favorite part of that chapter. And then uh, Wax wants to be alone to think, so Wayne decides to hop up with the coachman, and it's like, "Hey, Hoyd, can I catch a ride up there with you?" <laughs> hmm. Wonder about that, huh? Sexy drifter back in town. Working and not always a beggar. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I got a job. <laughs> Wax yeah. found him as a beggar and was like, hey, man, you need a job. Come on. And so Wax gets in, puts in his earring. I like how Hoyd's not hiding nearly as hard in this book as in the last one. Uh, and he wonders, like, was this earring also a spike? Was it made by killing someone? And when he puts it in, a voice says, unfortunately, your fears about the earring are, cor- are correct. And he freaks out because he's hearing like, it sounds like somebody's sitting right next to him, pulls out his gun and says, like, you know, firing that gun wouldn't really have an effect, even if you could see me. Shooting me would just ruin the furnishings of your coach, costing precisely 84 boxings to repair the next time Miss Grimes takes to the shop. You'd be left with a new wood panel on the coach body just behind me, which would never quite match those around it. <laughs> oh, he's just like, I'm trying I to love it that the detail of thought yeah. <laughs> that's going into it. It's like, you know what? You're going to regret it. You're going to shoot it. It's not going to match. You're never going to get it the same again. It's really not worth it for you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's... He's still got a little bit of that sazed, like, sassiness that was always kind of hiding underneath the, the surface. Because, it, like, Wax, like, you're here in my coach. And he's like, well, technically I'm everywhere, so. I just like a bit rigid. Like, when he said, when Wax says harmony, I took that as, like, when someone goes, oh, God. And so so he goes, harmony, and says, like, yes. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you rang. And he's like, uh, Wax calls him your deificness. Yeah, that was dumb. He's like, you can call me Harmony, or Lord, if you must. Uh, now, what do you want to talk about? Oh, please, stop growling. I can't, st- if there's something I can't stand, it's groveling. <laughs> stop looking away. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? Averting my eyes, oh, Lord. Well, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, this conversation is so weird and so fun, where it's just like, Harmony says, what do you want to talk about? And Wax's like, well, you know what I want to talk about. Better to hear you say it. And it's better for you to hear me or for me to hear myself. And Harmony says, both. And Wax is like, am I insane? And Harmony's like, well, I mean, if you were, speaking to a figment of your delusion would not help diagnose that. Um, just saying. <laughs> you don't help much. Then ask better questions, dumbass. Yeah, exactly. You're not helping. Well, whose fault is that? <laughs> so he's like, okay, fine. You need to hear it. Fine, fine, fine. I'm Harmony, the hero of ages, once called Sazed. At the end of the world, I took upon myself the powers of protection and destruction, and in so doing became the caretaker of the world to come. I'm here to tell you that you are not insane. And so Wax is like, bloody tans alive, and says like, well, not exactly. There are beings, not human or coloss, but related to both. You call them the faceless immortals. And Wax says, Chandra, like Tensoon, the guardian. I like that the Tenzun also gets a cool nickname. He's the Guardian. Yeah. And so Harmony is like, like, did everyone in the crew get those nicknames? Right. I want to know them like, all. Yeah. And say, so, all right, so Do- like Doxon, the organizer. Shit. Who's the who's, who's the idiot? No, not clubs. Who's the who's the idiot who got the army killed in the first book? Oh, Yedin. Yeah. Yedin. Yeah. Yedin, the sacrifice. <laughs> I want to know how far distant you are from the main crew and still get a nickname. Like, does Damu have a nickname? Does, like, Beldry get a nickname? I, I picture Damu was probably, like, the founder because he was, the like, one of the biggest figures in the Church of the Survivor. And it's That's true. 
Yeah, he might be like their pope or like their historic first pope or something now. Yeah. Oh, dear God. <laughs> so Harmony explains how the conjure work. You know, the eight people can impersonate their bodies and stuff. And uh, it's like, OK, but everyone knows the faceless mortals are your servants, not murderers. And Harmony's like, well, everyone has the power to choose. Even the Koloss have the power to choose. But uh, the one who's wearing Bloody Tan's body has not made good choices. Who is he? And she says, like, well, she is a member. You, sh- you should know better than to assume that anyone dangerous is a man, Wax. I like that note that it's like, come on, be better than that, dude. Her name was Paul Palm. She doesn't have a capitalized letter in the middle. Yeah, she does not. Yeah. But she has chosen the name Bleeder for herself. Ancient, uh... older than the destruction of the world, older than I am. Which, yeah, she would be older than Sazed because when we met Ten Soon, he was like 700 years old. This, yeah. this is he was uh, of the third generation as well, yeah. 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 Yeah, so that gives us, you know, when when the Kandra come back, it's not just that Kandra can be, it's the same Kandra can be. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so, like they went they went to Kandra school together. You know, she like he 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 was like the class loner, she was like the queen bee. Uh <laughs> the everyone, everyone's always like, Oh no, neither of them are ever gonna amount to too much and like they wrote messages to each other in the yearbook saying how much they hated each other. <laughs> so I wonder if our friend Tenson will show up, or maybe right. after Vin's death, he was like, "Nah, I'm not coming back." It, it maybe he's guarding more, the truth. Ooh, if he's he's the he's the guardian. He's just like he lies, Lord Mistborn, and and the ascendant warrior, yeah. the, the, the ascendant warrior, and the final the final emperor. He's still in um, dog form. He just lays there. <laughs> It's very intimidating, the the description we get. It's like, she's crafty, careful, and brilliant, and I'm afraid that she might have gone mad. Wax like, well, so stop her. She's your freaking... And he's like, well, it's not so simple. Free will? No. I can control somebody. I would act, for Bleeder has disobeyed her contract with me. Something is wrong. And Wax says, what? And God was silent for a time. I do not know yet. And Wax says, is that possible? And Say says, it appears so. <laughs> I like, I just love this. He's like, wait, is it possible for God to not know something? And Say's like, apparently it is. Who knew? I was mortal once, buddy. Yeah, it's true. She has removed one of her blessings that Conjure keep inside themselves to retain cognition. So cannot forcibly control her. One spike means insanity. But something is wrong beyond that. She can hide from me and I can speak to her. She doesn't have to listen. I can't keep track of where she is. And he's like, well, didn't, aren't you everywhere? Didn't you just say that? It's like, well, yeah, but it's kind of more complicated than you would think, actually. Being in God is more complex than a mortal can comprehend? What a surprise. And then Harmony laughs and Wax is like, wait, did I just get sarcastic with God? And says, this is a little bit like nostalgic. He's like, yeah, man, I don't get, I don't, I don't get much of that these days. It's like old times. <laughs> Since Kelsier, well, I haven't had much of that. So maybe he doesn't. Kelsier's not around anymore, or he doesn't talk to Kelsier anymore, or who knows? Kelsier finally decided, all right, fuck it, I'm out, going to the spiritual world. <laughs> maybe because you have to, you have to imagine while Says is overlooking this planet and Kelsier is wandering around in the cognitive realm, like occasionally they would catch up. It's like, so how's God stuff? Good. How's um ghost stuff? Yeah, you would think, right? Because Kelsier doesn't really have anyone to talk to. And Sazed can theoretically hear him wherever. So anytime you get bored, it'd be like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> For those 300 years, Sazed is trying to get Kelsier and Marsh to talk to each other. And they're just like, no. 
Oh, that's true. I guess Kelsier had Spook to talk to at the end, and we theorized that maybe Marsh could too. So yeah, that's a good point. Like, do you guys just want to go sit down for a cup? Of- no. <laughs> guys, I think it'd be really good if you just talk to each other. No. So, as Jamie pointed out earlier, he got the power to hear thoughts from preservation and the ability to speak into thoughts from ruin. Each one had only half. I always found it puzzling. Now, almost like these powers were meant to be together. I know you've been reading young Lesterborn's book. I like he's still, you know, young, young spook. I'm not pleased that he made it, but I could not forbid him. I will trust that Marsh was wise in giving it to you. And he says Conjure don't have alimantic or ferrochemical powers, but she has learned to take them and use them to maintain her form. She can only use one at a time. And if she has to trade them, then she has to rip one out, the single one out to fall on another one. Which, yeah, that's a fun game. And he's like, I don't know what she's what her game is here, but I'm worried about it because she has spent centuries studying human behavior and she's planning something. And mm. Sazed promises to send help. And Wax is like, well, I assume considering the source, it will be spectacular. And then he gets an image. He gets he sees Harmony. Cla- hands clasped behind him, eternity extending into darkness before him. And he's like, I'm trying to ex- explain. My hands are tied here. I can't do like as much as you think. He's like, who ties God's hands? I did. Carrying these two opposed powers, I see both sides. I see the need for life and the need for death. I have to be balanced and in being balanced, I have to be neutrality in a way. And Wax is kind of gets into an argument because he's like, you know, both these things are necessary. And Wax is like, murders aren't necessary. Like, you don't need people to kill. It's like, but the potential for murderers is necessary. People need to have the ability to choose or none of it means anything. I don't think it's like I already feel fear. I've made things too easy for men. The city, the perfect climate, the ground that renews itself. You should have had a radio a century ago, but you didn't need it. So you didn't strive for it. You ignore aviations and can't tame the wilds because you don't care to study proper irrigation or fertilization. And Wax goes, the the radio. What is that? And Harmony, this Harmony's is, like, that was this is all super cool. He's just like, yeah, all right. Maybe I fucked up when I was doing doing godly yeah. stuff and just like throwing out all these concepts. And Wax is just like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and he's like, you don't explore which I didn't really think about that, but it's true. We talked about it before that they don't really seem to explore outside of the basin. And Harmony is like, this is a problem. Like you don't explore. And why would you, when I've given you everything you want, you've barely progressed past what I gave you 300 years ago in the books. So, and then he says yet others who were nearly destroyed. And then Peter's off. And then he says, does that ruin your faith? Does it worry you that God is fallible? And Wax is like, well, you never claimed to be infallible. So that I remember. So, and I love the ending of the conversation where he's like, be less harsh with Marisai Holmes. You aren't the only, my only agent in the affairs of men, and I worked hard, quite hard, to maneuver her into the position where she could do some good for the city. Hmm. So, again, exposition basically saying, she's special, be nice. Yeah. And then Wayne's like, hey, you done talking to yourself in there? I heard voices in my head once, too, you know. I banged my head against the wall until I went unconscious, never heard them again. Showed them good, I did. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, okay. And uh, so we cut to Marisai, who's inside the police station, which they have just driven up to. They're, they've got the prisoner, who she caught, and uh, he had a pair of bracers, so like ferrochemical bracer-looking things, but nothing else. And they're like, so he's metal-born, why didn't he use his abilities? If he killed Winston with ferrochemical speed, like old Waxillium Donshot says, he should have done the same thing today. And so they're arguing over, did this guy kill Winston? Is, is, is there something else going on? 
and uh, Reddy wants to beat the guy up to interrogate him. And Marisai's just like, you can't do that. And Reddy's like, don't tell me about your statistics. I know how to make a man tell the truth. And she's like, no, it's not. It's not about statistics. If you torture him, then you ruin the prosecution. His attorneys will get him off for sure. And the guy, this other guy, Cabarell, is like, okay, so send for his daughter. We'll threaten her in front of him, but not actually harm her. And then he'll talk. And she, she it says Marisai rubbed her forehead. That's specifically illegal. Do you not know anything about the law? Part of me was wondering how much of this they did just to annoy her. Because mm, surely they're not like that. Also, it, Reddy's the one, is Reddy the one that wanted Marisai's role? Yeah. Yeah, so he's just going to annoy her anyway. I thought, I thought Cabarel was, like, um, more friendly to her in that brief sex spot we saw of her before. That may have been, but that doesn't mean that, uh, you know. Yeah, it could be an act. And I like Cabarel's conclusion is, yeah, the solicitors have sold out to the other side. She's right. Marisai's just like, son of a, it's not, not the point, but whatever. As long as you're going <laughs> to follow the rules, I guess I'll take it. And uh, Reddy's like, well, I think it's unfortunate that we've got someone among us who seems to be more on the solicitor's side than the side of justice. She knows m- more about their ways than ours. And Aridel's like, yeah, she does. She knows about the law, the current law. Maybe it would be a good idea for you to pay more t- attention to the laws that you've sworn to uphold. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> and uh, he asked her if she wants to interrogate him. And she's like, I mean, I give it a try, but we may as well just wait a few minutes. Why? Distantly a door slammed. That's why. <laughs> and here comes Wax. He walks in, looks at the guy, narrows his eyes, and then looks at the bracers. One of them jumps off the table, and he says, those aren't metal mines. This man is a decoy. You've been duped. And then turns to leave. <laughs> it feels very Sherlock Holmes to me. Or walks in, looks at stuff, doesn't ask any questions, is just like, Oh yeah, I can tell everything that's going on here. Let's uh, the, Very. Time. And I love Sherlock Holmes personally, so I'm I'm okay with it. And his evidence is that those aren't real metal mines. It's it takes more effort to push on real metal mines. So the metal mines are fake. Someone intentionally wants you to think that this guy is a ferrochemist, so they're trying to fake you out with him. They want us to think we have the killer so that they can do something else. <laughs> and so he gets Marisai off on her own. It's like, so I spoke to God on the way here, and she's like all right, I'm glad that you had some prayer time. <laughs> I, cool I love that story, response. Bro. I thought her first response would be that you, what, you're insane. But no, <laughs> I spoke to God. Oh, well, you know, prayer's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, that's healthy. And he's like, the thing is, he spoke back. And I like, she takes a minute, like, cocks her head, is trying to figure out the meaning of that sentence. And then she's like, okay, so what did you tell you? See, the thing is, I feel like if Wayne had said this, everyone would have just taken it at a face value. Like, they may not have taken it seriously, but they wouldn't have even bothered trying to dispute it or anything. It's like, oh, but it's not Wayne. It's Wax saying it. Uh, shit, maybe we need to pay attention to this. (laughs) (laughs) And so he explains that, you know, there's a a Condra killer or a faceless immortal. It's just like, well, so that could be them, that she could have any face. So how do you know it's not this is not the killer? And Wax is like, well, because the governor is alive. Like, this is someone who killed all the like arranged for the deaths of all those people and then got into Winsting's safe room and very casually murdered him behind a wall of guards. They would not be this easily caught. They wouldn't have missed their shot to kill the governor. And then he actually does go and talk to the guy. He's like, she said you'd come. She? God. 
Harmony? No. She said I had to kill the governor. Had to attack him. I tried not to listen. She promised me freedom, but here I am bound. There's something mm. for you in my arm. It's a very dark night moment here. It is. It really is. I was about yeah. to say the same thing. And it's a coin that is in his arm. And Wax is like, where'd you get this? And she says, what is this coin? And he goes, a message. This guy won't know anything else. Bleeder knew we would ca- might capture him. So do you have any plans for tonight? And she's like, wait, what? Wait, what? Why? Because <laughs> my fiance is going to a ball and uh, I need a date. <laughs> <laughs> But he's like, no, the governor is attending a party, and I guarantee Bleeder is going to be there. And that's the end of the chapter. So, yeah. in Very, very uh, – we're definitely moving forward at a clip here. Uh, as Joe said at the beginning, this plot is going real fast, and it's getting worse all the time. And uh, now we've got a rogue conjurer out there who could have any power and use it to be killing people. So what do you guys think is yep. going to happen next? Okay. So I think this coin is important to wax anyway. It's got some kind of significance. I don't know, maybe if it's like Lessie's lucky coin or I don't know. I think that's going to be pretty important. Just what our our framed friend was saying, he tried not to listen to her and that she's God. I don't know. Is it possible that with one spike she's figured out a way to speak to him? Like in his thoughts, maybe. Mm, um, that's what it sounds like, right? Yeah, because I was like, "What do you like?" I tried not to listen. And I was like, "She's standing right in front of you. It's very hard not to listen." But it sounds like he's talking about a voice in his head, and it wouldn't be sazed doing it. So, I yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking that maybe there's a way that she's figured out how to do that with only one spike. Like she's blocked sazed from being able to talk to her. But has perhaps may, I don't know maybe the maybe the coin was the bit of metal. If the coin, for example, was used to kill somebody, and it's embedded in him, maybe there's now a way that she could talk to him. Possibly, I think that's kind of what I like the idea of there. I don't know. There's so much going on. Otherwise, I don't really know. Well, you know, you sort of think about things that might be far down the track, and then they just happen immediately. <laughs> Um, I don't really know what else to come, but that's kind of my thought for for this week. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, he's kind of crazy, it seems like. So who knows exactly what he was meant by that. But I agree, it does sound kind of like that. Yeah. And just like that, you know, she would be a bit crazy and then he's mumbling a lot. It's like, mm. oh, maybe you do have to be a little bit insane for this to work I, I don't know but <laughs> I feel like the, there's got to be something new here like I feel like we, we're used to the Kandra and we're used to the idea of hemology and we you know we know sort of what we think we know about hemology but there's got to be something that's a surprise here I think it would be too predictable to just keep it with what we know yeah yeah so I don't know what the bit of metal is about unless Jamie's correct and it's got something to do with hemology and and that's kind of how he's put that together but the thing that i i think the thing that i find more interesting is uh and i don't know that we touched on it a lot was the was the bloody tan stuff so it's like the like he keeps seeing bloody tan and so in my brain i'm like well that's gotta that's gotta be maybe it's the same chondra it's gotta be a chondra 
because I don't think Wax is going crazy, right? Yeah, so I, I I think I think Sage says like the person wearing Bloody Tan's body. Yeah, 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 that's right. Sage even mentions it. So, yeah. and so there's got to be some kind of there's got to be some kind of reason behind that, I guess. Like Bloody Tan was Bloody Tan a conjurer when he was supposedly quote unquote killed, or was it after it took his bones? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Something's got to be got to be there with that. But yeah, again we have. A Chondra, we have a mystery that surrounds a Chondra, much like the second book of the first era of Mistborn. But this, the stakes are, I guess, a little higher because we know the Chondra is specifically trying to kill somebody, not just, or specifically killing people, not just spying. So, mm-hmm. and so I guess, like, for me, it's like, what's the reasoning? Like, okay, says Harmony, whatever, says that the Chondra is insane, but like, what's, what's really the point? Because, it's very unusual for conjurers to break contracts. Mm-hmm. So why, like, I just, and maybe they don't live by the same rules, but I mean, Harmony said he had a contract with them. So yep. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's all kind of jumbled up right now, but I feel like something's forming, but yeah, as for immediate predictions, hopefully they'll go to the party and then, and then, uh, figure out maybe um maybe they'll t- they'll you know come across the actual chondra itself another thing is, that's weird to me is like what like even with this mystery that okay say the chondra is insane what is the point in targeting these political figures mm-hmm. like what is what is the chondra gaining let's let's say the chondra wants to gain world dominance i mean i guess i guess you could say Although, why kill the brother? I don't understand the killing the brother part. It's like, if you kill the governor, that kind of makes sense, because then you could steal the governor's bones and then be the governor. But if you publicly kill the governor, I don't I don't really, like, I don't know. I don't see, like, it's hard for me to see what what the goal is for the mm-hmm. Chandra. So, there's got to yeah. be something more to it. Well, and Say says, it's like, she, this person's been studying human human behavior for centuries, and they're smart. They have some sort of plan. So, yeah, it, Right now, we, we're seeing the stuff that they're doing, and we're told that she's insane. Right. But we're also told that there's a plan that she's working towards. So it's got to be it's gotta right. something, right? Yeah, it's got to be calculated in some way. So, yeah. I don't know. Weird stuff. It, it's also interesting that you point out, like, we've never had to worry about a conjurer killing people before. Like, they they literally would not do that in yeah. the first trilogy. Their, so now their contracts forbade them. Kind of scary. They they're, mm-hmm. they 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 can do all sorts of stuff. Who knows? Yeah, very strange. Uh, okay, so as far as where this is going, um, I feel like there are a lot of hints here being dropped. I mean, obviously the characters have all just said, "Oh man, we've got to go to this governor's ball thing because Bleed is going to pull something there. Bleed is going to pull something there," and I feel like. We might have a similar situation that we did at the governor's speech. Like she might send a patsy there to mm. keep their attention, but I feel like Bleeder's going to be up to something else somewhere else. I don't know what that is yet, but I feel like there's got there's got to be some other masterstroke. I don't know. It it all just feels very heavy handed. Like oh, she like took out the governor's brother, so it must be going after the governor. I'm like, well yeah, it took out the governor's brother, but he was hosting a criminal auction. Uh, with like all the biggest crime bosses in the city, so maybe like the plan is like has nothing to do with the governor at all, but it's designed to take out a whole bunch of the criminals that are infesting the city or something like uh, maybe 
maybe bleeders like trying to set herself up or just I'll, I'll stick I'll, I'll just make the assumption that maybe she's working with the set why not maybe they're trying to set like the set are trying to become like the the only crime gangs in town so that they can control the underbelly um before making any moves on the overbelly is that a word i don't know <laughs> but yeah no I, I i think that like they are hammering so hard it's like they're going after the governor going after the governor i think that's like they might at some point but right now they're not going to because everyone's looking in that direction they've got something else up their sleeve so yeah something will go down at this ball but i think it's just going to be a decoy another decoy set up by bleeder to get wax off the trail yeah don't really know what else is, is going to happen but I, I feel confident in this i'm glad you brought up the set because that was going to be my question is like you had this idea that the set maybe even were chandra and everyone has been talking about suit has to be involved here somehow, right? Like we're they were the bad guys in the last book. They got to be showing up here. And now we know that at least for now, our our primary bad guy suspect is a Condra, possibly lone gunman. I mean, not necessarily, but it doesn't sound like Says thinks there's a whole crew of Condra out there causing trouble. So I don't know how yeah. does that how does that change things in in your mind? I don't know. Like I. I feel like she could be a rogue agent, but I don't know um, to to what end. I mean, she, I mean, she could be working with a set, and they may not be Kandra at all. I don't know. But you know, she, yeah, she took out the criminals, and like the fact that you know Mr. Suit was meant to be at that auction and wasn't. Winston specifically noted that makes me think mm-hmm. maybe they like maybe Suit knew something was going to go down, or maybe like maybe he sent Bleeder, or maybe he just has associations with her and knew that she was going to pull this off. So yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe well, let's 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 just spin some bullshit here. Maybe Bleeder is taking out criminals because she hates that humans can get away with shit like that, whereas Kandra seemed to have a more specific purpose and can't. Like this could mm. be, you know, like the, the ending the ending of Dogma. Where like, yeah, I was about to say very Dogma. Yeah, yeah, but like Bartleby's just like, oh yeah, we have to do all the servitude, but humans get the choice to be fucking awful which isn't fair and so like goes on a mm. rampage on on to that end so maybe it could be something related to that i don't know yeah it's interesting there's one more question that i'm, I'm curious to get y'all's perspective on so harmony's told us who this is doing it but this person or this conjure i'm sorry has chosen to wear bloody tan's body to apparently show up in random places and be seen by wax and to leave a message specifically for Wax on this dead body, like why? Are, are there any thoughts on like what, what all of a sudden makes this personal to Wax that you, they're they're messing with him? Again, I, I guess mean, if they're working. So I was going to say, like, Mister okay. Suit. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. If if they're working with yeah. the set, then Suit may have like specific. Yeah, that makes sense. I was thinking that she'd be a really good distraction for Wax, so that Suit could do what he wanted. So if, mm. if Suit, you know, he's trying to look for Mr. Suit and figure out, you know, what he's doing, but Bloody Tan shows up and all of a sudden this is a, a big mystery to keep Wax busy while mm. something else is going down. Makes sense. It def- I mean, he almost lost Marksman, who we know works with the set completely due to the first appearance of Bloody Tan, right? So uh, that if, if that wasn't planned by the set, then it was just a really lucky coincidence for them. Yeah. I don't know. There's got to be something. I'm just confused. <laughs> I don't know. It's got to be something more because, like, for just as an example, because, like, this, because Mr. Suit 
or the set or whatever. They didn't really have any involvement with Bloody Tan that we know of. So how would they know that connection? And like, why was the why would the Condor even be there to get Tan's bones? Like, I'm mm. it's I don't know. Something weird's happening. Tan was ranting about having seen death and God and everything like that. So maybe yeah. like the Faceless Immortals. He was already a person of interest to the Faceless maybe Immortals. So. And then Bleeder took the bones, went rogue. That makes sense. You know, what'd be cool then is if Miles' body came back too. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, could have found it. I get the yeah. only thing. The only thing I can think of off the top of my head, as connection-wise, is that we know that Uncle Ladrian wanted Wax to come back and take charge of the house after his son died, right? Like he tells him that at the end of the last book, he's like, "I was hoping that you would be an asset to me," but we know at the start of the first book that Wax did not seem inclined. He like had that letter about mm. his uncle dying, and he was like, "I'm not going," until things happened in that prologue, and all of a sudden he has a reason to go. So yeah, I don't know. You're 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 bringing that up, so it makes me think it's definitely not that. <laughs> so because uh, uh, like why would you why would you poke in a theory that like is not true or that is true? Or yeah. do I do that every once in a while? Crisscross. <laughs> no, you're you're full of crap. <laughs> he, he doesn't know that oh. we know that he knows that we know. Oh God. <laughs> okay. 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 For next time, three chapters, eight, nine, and ten is what we are reading. So that is the next episode. In the meantime, we have two emails. Let me touch on one of them is actually we read the first email from this person last time when Joe was not here from Nelson Mandela. And after we'd read that on the show, Nelson sent in another one because I guess he just listened to the episode where, Dak, you mentioned – having the Dresden Files books, but they were like mismatched on your shelf because some were softback and some were hardback or whatever. So Mm -hmm. this episode starts, or this episode, this email starts out all in caps. Dak, same. The Dresden Files paperback issue. I got into the the series in college and I don't have the first five books because my friend had all those for me to borrow or I could bike to the local library. I got all the paperbacks from White Knight onward until Skin Game when I caught up to the hiatus and I actually waited the year necessary until they finally released Peace Talks and Battleground in paperback to read them. Woof. Uh, Woof. Yeah, I know. I could never do that. Um, <laughs> it actually turned out better for me having the two stories at once in one go. So hooray. But I don't know how I'll do it with the others now. It was tough. And I haven't even checked if the new publisher's novels are the same height as Rocks. I feel like they aren't. But I don't want to know about this tragedy. Zach. <laughs> Dak, you were absolutely seen there. Phew. Yeah, I uh, my man. <laughs> I I didn't remember you mentioning that, but for me, I've got I only have up to small favor because I think I started to read White Knight and then never finished it. But all of my copies up to up through White Knight are in paperback, but then small favor for whatever reason I have in hardback. I, I can't imagine waiting a year to read the two new books, especially after it was already like six years for them to come out. Oh wow, six but a long time. I mean, he says, like, it was nice to have both in one go. We didn't have to wait that long between those two books. It was, like, two or three months. Mm. So, well, that was yeah. a careful wait. Okay, the other the other email is from Adam, who says, Dear Sander Lanch crew, I was inspired to reread the Cosmere books by Brandon's Kickstarter and found your podcast a great way to engage in the, in the material. With your guidance, I've now read all of the Cosmere, including a few short stories I'd never gotten around to in the past. I really love Sanderson's work, but don't have any friends or family to discuss it with which made the podcast a great substitute. I've now read slash listened along with your back catalog and I finally caught up to you guys. So now I have to wait like a mere mortal. 
I really wow. enjoy. Yeah, right. Wait, 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 wait. When was the pick Kickstarter announced? It started at the beginning. Of, I was just uh, thinking that. It started at the beginning of March, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think it, it lasted from the beginning to the end of March. I think. And wait, now so we're at the so end. So he's of read April, all so like in a, Yeah. In, and listen to all our episodes in two months. Mm-hmm. What else wait. do you do, man? <laughs> <laughs> do you? I'm all, yeah. Like, is, does he have Bendeloy? Does he slow down time around him? Because, like, how else do you have the time? Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people listen to podcasts, like, all the time at work, so that part's easy enough. The the reading, that's what... Uh, I mean, I guess if you listen to audiobooks, too, maybe, but then you got to listen to both those things, and that takes... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he says, I really enjoyed your thoughts and predictions, especially the eerily accurate ones. It's certainly an interesting way to read the books and allows for maximum chance to pick up on foreshadowing, which helps helps explain theories like Jamie's prediction that Saze was the hero of ages, Joe's or Sore theory, or Dak calling Marsh's return. However, the totally wrong stuff that you get fo- focused on, such as Eshin being a secret villain, is also really hilarious. I suppose that's the result of throwing so many darts at the board. Some will be accurate, but a lot will be wildly off. <laughs> oh, that is exactly it. Yep. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, I, and I also think we just get on tangents where we like, wouldn't that be a funny or fun idea if Eshin was a secret yeah, bad guy? it's just like, fun. I, I don't know that I ever really took that one seriously, but it'd be just ridiculous if, you know, what if yeah. she had been the one in in the in the sewer, like, sacrificing somebody? Wouldn't that have been, like, super metal and crazy? And plus stuff stuff like that it also sort of spins out of uh, this is a character who like we we pay sort of attention to but isn't really focused on in the book so we just kind of get on the whole yeah. man how, how would you expand their role oh making yep. the secret bad guy that would be fucking great <laughs> <laughs> yeah because uh, uh, I mean goes, I think even Brandon himself just said it's like man I didn't, like no one gave a shit about Eshin I'm like man Brandon you're wrong <laughs> oh, take that Brandon. <laughs> He goes, he goes on because to say... Because he will totally hear this. Right, yeah, I'm sure. However, your format is, in my opinion, very much not the way Brandon's books are meant to be read. I know it's not my place to tell others how to read stories, and reading a few chapters at a time works well for the format of the podcast, but I think that breaking the books up as you do diminishes the enjoyment of the stories. I think that some of the disappointment and letdown that the hosts sometimes feel when reaching the end may come from misplaced expectations due to weeks of discussing... Discussing? Discussing and theorizing the that most first re- time readers would not have if the newbies have time i definitely recommend them to reread the books in a more condensed manner to get quote unquote authentic experience plus they might pick up on some stuff they didn't notice the first time through although they caught a lot of it already which pause for a second that's one of the reasons for the format is because we're not going to reread on the show so being able to catch the most stuff in the first go is kind of a big deal mm-hmm. yeah i'll i'll be honest as long as we're doing this podcast I just don't think I'm going to have the time or energy to go and reread any of them. <laughs> I reread I them all the time, but that's me. I, I might, but I'm going to give it some time. Because especially with, I'm just like, oh, I could reread the original Mistborn trilogy again. But I'm just like, well, we're kind of doing the second one now. I don't want to get them mixed up. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I read I read, uh, I read, read halfway through the prologue of, of uh, Mistborn uh, the other day, and I was like, yeah, I'm not reading this. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, yeah, Elantris might be easier because aside from Emperor's Soul, there isn't anything else from Cell to yeah. get mixed up with. Right. It's true. Uh, something else that the podcast format makes more difficult are discussions about themes, character arcs, etc. These things are much more evident at the end of a book or series, but can get lost in the middle of the story. So it might be interesting to do a wrap-up episode when you finish a book where you discuss these sorts of things. Well, we, and we, try, we did that kind of for the first book, but... 
mm-hmm. we've discussed it before and we found that it's like, well, by the time we get to the end, we've kind of said what we had to say in the wrap up episode. Feels yeah. Like, like there's not much yeah. to go into it. We just sort of. Yeah. Spin and, I, a bit. and I and you know, you have to listen to each of the the episodes, but I feel like I try to pick up on themes as we're reading and like propose them because, you know, that's another thing about literature in general. It's like. Yeah, there's probably an original intended theme by the author, but at the same time, it's like if I come out with a different theme from the book, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, literature can be subjective. People are people pick up on all sorts of stuff that the author never intended, but it can be very deep and meaningful to them. So, sure. Sorry for the criticism. I really do love the podcast. It's evidenced by the fact that I binged all the episodes in about four weeks. But I feel that even the most enjoyable things should not be immune from pointing out flaws. Think of it as my love for the show, wanting to make it even better. Hey, I don't mind people pointing out flaws. I'm fine with that. I don't know that we could no. do much to, like, change the format at this point. Like, it would be we, – we talked about that recently, I think. It would just be a huge turnoff for the people who do love the format. So, like, our yeah. audience who's been with us for 100 episodes is like, yeah, we're going to change now. <laughs> <laughs> we never change. Uh, and the end of the email is for data. What are your plans for when the lost metal comes out? I think it might be interesting for you to do a blind read through along with the others to get the experience that they've had the entire ride. No, I know that I just spent a couple paragraphs saying that it's the wrong way to read, but having subjected your friends to it, it might be fitting payback for you to suffer not getting to just binge the book. It would <coughs> also Patreon. make, it would also make predicaments even more crazy. <laughs> if no one actually knows what's going to happen. If you're worried about scheduling, I'm sure the <laughs> listeners would be happy to provide a schedule for going through the book once it comes out, or even just some page numbers for ends of chapters so you could reconstruct it yourself. Of course, it's up to you. I'll be listening regardless. Thanks for a very engaging and fun co- podcast. Best, Adam. So I will say that I think it's come up before, and it was definitely a suggestion in the Discord that it's like, hey, when Lost Metal comes out, why don't, don't you read along with them? Uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to do that. And if I... <laughs> If I pretended that I could do that, I'm like, oh, I'm totally going to do that. I would be a liar because I would absolutely go and read it because I can't. I've been following Brandon for most of my adult life at this point. I can't. I can't. I can't stop. So he would subject himself to what yeah. he subjects us to. No. I know. You hear that? He's, he's basically saying like, hey, you know that thing I make you guys do every week? I'm never going to do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. No. There, there's a reason that I, I designed the show so that I was the guy who had read everything and I was working with people who hadn't because I couldn't fill that other role. And I know that about myself. So but that being said, as Dak mentioned, the, the discord convinced me that it is, it's the thing that convinced me to actually maybe do a Patreon so that people could help support that I what I could do is read at my own rate, but then record my reactions fresh as I'm reading each chapter so that. You get a little bit of that, but I also don't have to particularly slow down in – I mean, I guess I have slowed down enough to record stuff instead of, like, burning through it in one night or whatever. But I still get to read the book, and you guys will still get my my reactions to it, just not along with everybody else because uh, I, 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 I can't make myself do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just like the previous email about waiting a year for those Dresden Files books. I've been following Dresden Files longer than Brandon, and it's probably my all-time favorite single series, and I could not. I could not wait a year when there was a new book out there. I might convince myself for like two hours. It's like, no, maybe I can wait. And then I would be at the bookstore or on my Kindle buying it. And I, I can't stop myself. It's an addiction, but it's not black tar heroin or something like that. So I, sure. I feel like I'm, I'm doing it's okay. Not a, it's not necessarily a vice. So, you know, it's all right. Uh, but thank you guys for the emails. Um, if anyone would like to send us an email, the address is the at gmail.com. Find us on discord. 
Instagram. I, I, kept, I kept trying to say imager for a second there. It's Instagram. <laughs> um, Man. On Patreon now, Facebook, all those sorts of places. Remember, for next time, three more chapters. That is eight, nine, and ten. And we are we're now 35% of the way through the book. So we're just mm-hmm. we're moving. Clipping along. Yep. So I hope everyone is having as much fun as we clearly are, you know, with the mystery, the excitement. Okay. You know what what we'll do is we'll we'll continue to split it up a little bit. We did the shards of Adenalcium backers last time. This time we will do the misting level backers and they can get ferrochemical powers, which right. I feel like maybe I should go in and change that to fairing instead of misting on in the name at this point. But and then the next time we'll do the ska backers, and that way we're not going ridiculously long, but we're uh, we're getting everything done. So we have four misting level backers. The first one is Armor Wolf. Armor Wolf. Who I guess must be European because they're backing in Euros. So. Armor Wolf. No, I'm sorry, not Armor Wolf. I misread that. It's Amor Wolf. A M U R Wolf. Oh. Oh. So Love Wolf. Love Wolf. Interesting. Man. You, my friend, you, uh, what do you store? Why don't you store, I, you know, I feel bad doing this to you, but I think you're going to store identity. You're a true self. Mm, okay. I don't know why you I feel bad about that. But I was right. about to say, I don't actually feel bad. <laughs> the next one is Kraft, who is, uh, that's New Zealand dollars, so it's a Kiwi. Kraft macaroni and cheese. offensive to New Zealanders, Australians? Is Kiwi, like, a mean thing? I mean, we we refer to them as Kiwis, but I don't know that it offends them or not. I mean, okay. it's Australia where sometimes it's pretty <laughs> offensive. Yeah, you're like, it's probably especially to New Zealand. You're like, yeah, those guys. <laughs> They're like the, the, the kid brother. That... <laughs> In the rugby, uh, specifically. Yeah. <laughs> New Zealand listeners, Kraft, if, 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 you're probably out there. Write in. Let me know. I don't. I don't want to say yeah. things that that uh, that offend people. Uh, sure. Most of the time, anyway. Yeah. So, craft. You store. Uh, you store connection. You're a connector. Nice. Get connected. Uh, uh that that sounded a little uh inappropriate. Never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the ne- didn't until you said it, but okay. Yeah. The next one is a uh, uh, very very prolific on our on our Discord is Ranksk. R A N G S K. Ranksk. You are a sparker. You store mental speed. You're a quick thinker, and I like it. <laughs> nice. And the last one is Matt. Matt, you're a, you're a gasper, my friend. You store breath. Nice. P- professional swimmer. Is that, is that actually the, the name? Yeah, gasper. Yeah, because you have to, like, hyperventilate while you're storing breath so that you then don't have uh, to breathe. Okay. Right. On one hand, I was like, that sounds like a really cool power to have. And I just didn't even think about how you would store that up. But yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. We'll do the ska next time. Thank you, everyone, especially to those patrons out there. Uh, We love you guys. We really appreciate you wanting to support the show, especially at this point where we still haven't put out any Patreon. Although Joe, uh, patron content, I should say. Although Joe has finished his first draft of that script. So yep. uh, we're, we're, we're waiting we're for the rest way. of you to read it. So yeah. uh, yes, if you, yes, if you guys are that. upset yep. about a holdup of <laughs> content, it's not Joe's fault. Joe, Joe we, wrote a hey, whole we, script. Hey, we promised them June. We've got time. Oh, yeah. I know. I'm just, I'm just saying if, you know, the heat's going on somebody, it's not going to be me. <laughs> so thank you everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you patrons. Thank you people on the discord for keeping God, there was some crazy shit going on in the Discord this week. You guys missed the whole 
discussion. Uh, th- okay, so I'm, I'm going to hit this real briefly because it's weird. Somebody <laughs> posted like a, uh, a, a quiz or test that you're supposed to take to tell you what your kink is, but they accidentally, quote unquote, accidentally uh, is, is the accusation now, posted their own results instead of a link to the blank quiz. And it started a very, very like half the day discussion between people that I missed most of. I had to read after the fact about various characters in the books we've read and what their kink would be. And uh, oh, oh, what is God. going on in that discord? <laughs> yeah, it, it got crazy. So anyway, that's the kind that's of stuff. dinosaur erotica. Now this. Yeah. Yeah. You guys. Yeah. Uh, you guys are weird. we love you but you're weird but anyway so thank you everybody remember three chapters for next time music by miracle of sound and wasing to the time of next colo check my head i guess the joke's on me am i missing oh we're supposed to do the patreon stuff um it, yep. may, be getting, it may be getting kind of late for that uh well also you gotta say music by miracle of sound i'll just cut you in saying it that's fine okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, um, hold on let me do it in my jimmy stewart voice uh clarence it's music by miracle of sound it's amazing <laughs> <laughs>